Hey, Seattle hockey fans. Happy Friday. Welcome to another episode of Locked on Kraken. Now, we do have to talk about yesterday's loss, 3-2 loss on the road to Carolina. We're going to talk about that. But the good news is that the boys, the team is coming home. And I think this is a good thing. We're also going to, I know, extend my rant about goaltending uh, by way of Ryan S. Clark. He had a story that I came across while I was reading his other story on the importance of Hillary Knight. All that and more on this episode of Locked on Kraken. You are Locked on Kraken. Your daily podcast on the Seattle Kraken. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We are the Seattle Kraken. Hey, what do you say, Seattle hockey fans? Welcome to another episode of Locked on Kraken. I am your host, Erica L. Ayala. Thank you for making Locked on Kraken, excuse me, part of your daily routine. Some of you listen first thing. Others of you listen for the end of your day. Either way, I'm so grateful that you are here, that you are watching on YouTube or listening on your favorite audio platform. We are going to talk about yesterday's game. Um, Not a great start. What did we talk about yesterday? The Seattle Kraken need to have a good start against the Carolina Hurricanes. And they didn't have a good start. Ultimately, that was the difference. Not to mention, if you saw my post-game reaction... I don't. I didn't post it on social media. The lighting or the tints that they put over that final edit. I was like, "Fam, I've been in Florida for a week. I know I have more melanin than that." Anyway, <laughs> a little vanity on my part, I guess. Anyway, um, <laughs> putting that to the side, what I said is the Carolina Hurricanes are as advertised. I don't think the Seattle Kraken showed up as advertised. Again, I talked about it yesterday. We are kind of in lockstep looking at the record of a Carolina Hurricanes team. And if we want to push through and be a playoff contender this year, we need to be competitive in those games. Now it's a 3-2 scoreline. So we got it going eventually. It just was too little, too late. So what was the deal? Well, first thing, goaltending. No, not on our part. Well, I mean, on our part too, but that's not what I meant as far as what went wrong with Seattle. We went up against a hot goaltender. We were able to give him uh, his first non-shutout. I worded that really weird. He had two shutouts in his last two games. We scored. So that's a good thing. And who was it? My guy, Ryan Donato. You know, I wanted to see more from Ryan Donato. As much as I love him, I wanted to see more. Ryan Donato and Daniel Sprung scored our only two goals. That speaks to me regarding the depth, the depth for those OGs, you know, oh, where, where that comes from. Anyway, the depth of the lineup of the roster, particularly on the forward side. I like that for us. And 
we need to finish. Burying chances, however you want to say it, final touch, burying chances, you know, getting good high quality shots, all of these things. It's, it's more than pucks in deep, right? It's when we have an opportunity to square up, what are we doing? Uh, you know, there was some break, again, good goaltending on both sides. And we'll talk about, we are going to talk about, it was actually Philip Grubauer. Philip Grubauer. You know what? Actually, let me, let's go there right now. We talked yesterday. I know it was a late show. The energy has been low. I'm, I'm giving you 100% of about 80%. I've got 80% in the tank and you're getting 100% of it. So apologies on that front. But Philip Grubauer was going to be uh, the backup to Martin Jones. I talked on yesterday's podcast. Is it time for us to just go ahead and pick a goalie? Well, what we heard from Dave Haxtell after the game, he said something akin to, and if you want to see the media availabilities, I will have that up on YouTube later, or by the, it might be up by the time you're listening or watching to the, watching this. He said there was something that he saw essentially between morning skate and uh, game time, and they made an adjustment. He said he wasn't going to get into what that is. It's hard to make any assumptions on what he saw or didn't see. Uh, you know, I don't know if it was an injury. It sounded a little bit more ominous than an injury. Um, I'm not really sure. I don't know. Maybe that's my gut, right? My auntie vibe is telling me that there's there's something that the, the Seattle Kraken are trying to figure out. And isn't that the story overall? Our guys, they found some fight in them, which I like, but they look tired. I think they're ready to go home. They're ready to be home. I, I mentioned this in my post game again, that was um, a part of locked on NHL game to game, but Allison Lucan final buzzer stormy C Philip Grubauer fights the good fight, but slowed by hurricanes defense crack in muster two goals fall three, two in Carolina. Some things that I noticed from the final buzzer here is the that the Kraken weren't able to break out. And that, again, is this the stifling defense, the checking of the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, Wenberg, this is a quote from Allison's piece. Wenberg said the team needed to keep it simple and attack with speed. This remained a work in progress, especially in the first period. On the game as a whole, Seattle was successful on the breakout with a 59.2% clip, but this is below their season average of 79%, which is 11th best in the NHL. So weren't able to play their game, and that was noticeable. Carolina kept us very uncomfortable. I think we were, again, the energy, The I, you know, Dave Haxel would be very angry with me if he said I, if I said morale. Uh, the energy seemed depleted. And just like me right now, I want to give you all of my energy, and I am, but I know my energy is not at 100%. Sometimes that's just how it goes, right? So, you know, it's a road trip, end of the year, holidays coming up, all of these things. It's a very difficult time to stay focused. That's a human thing, regardless of whether you're a pro, a pro athlete or not. So I give some grace there. You know, but but it's uh, it's been tough. 
Um, so it's been tough. This is what Dave Haxel said. Their five-man pressure is outstanding. He called their pressure outstanding. And they were on it all the way through uh, the majority of the game. 60 minutes, 60 minutes, 60 minutes. There's something that Hillary Knight said in one of Ryan's pieces that I loved. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, but the sustained pressure and the Seattle Kraken not being able to do what they, generally speaking, do again at a 79% clip. There you go. There you go. We talked about yesterday that Winberg knew that was going to be a part of the game and knew that that was going to be something the Seattle Kraken had to focus on. And they just they just didn't have enough to counter what Carolina brought. Um, and then that also goes to um, offensive zone time. Seattle averages 648 possession in the offensive zone. Last night, they averaged 445. Six minutes, 48 seconds average possession time. We were less... Um, we were two minutes, we spent two minutes less than our average in the offensive zone against Carolina. It's tough to generate off of that. So, um, overall sh shots on goal 39 for Carolina, 17 for Seattle, the shot quality, we are at 1.3 shot quality, uh, per the instant analysis uh, from sport logic. Carolina at 3.6 quality start. Yes. Uh, for Philip Grubauer quality start for Carolina. They're saying no. Um, neither goalie stole the game. Well, obviously Grubauer didn't steal the game. He certainly kept us in it. Certainly kept us in it. He saw 39 shots and was able to save 36. We put up 17 shots, 15 were pushed aside. Shot attempts uh, on the power play, we were both teams were over two on the power play. We had seven attempts, Carolina had five. Uh, shots on goal, we had more shots on goal on the power play. Um, it's just one of those games, it's frustrating in the context of the road trip. It's frustrating because you kind of felt Again, the energy energy hasn't been there. That being said, to not have it, to know we didn't have it, to have a last-minute goalie change and to still get within one goal, all right, all right. Coming up next on Locked on Kraken, though, I do want to talk about Philip Grubauer. I know I talked about Philip Grubauer and the tandem situation a lot. Let's go over some analytics that Allison has and then over to Ryan S. Clark talking about why NHL teams are switching over to goalie tandems. So I'm more of a traditionalist. I obviously have some thoughts about the tandem, but I want to offer ryan's position on this because i found it interesting uh i'm not sure it's changed my personal mind regarding the kraken but i think it's interesting so that's coming up next on locked on kraken this episode of locked on kraken has a message that i want to share and that message is coming from the uh
This episode of Locked on Kraken has an important message. So imagine this. You're hanging out with friends. You're putting back a few drinks. Few becomes too many. And the evening comes to an end and people start to head out. You think of calling a ride. (laughs) But you think not. You live nearby. You can make it home okay. No big deal. What are the odds that you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license, you lose your job, you total your car, you kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. So we want you to really consider that this holiday season. And police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on the road, and they're doing that to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again, play it safe, and plan ahead, and get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's life forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. All right, folks, we do want you to be safe as the holiday season is upon us. And as always, thank you for making Locked on Kraken a part of your daily routine. Once you listen to us, actually head over to Locked on NHL because I was on today's episode talking about women's hockey. And we are going to talk about uh, the rivalry series a little bit at the end of the show by way, once again, of the amazing Ryan S. Clark. Okay, Philip Grubauer gets the start. We don't really know what happened to Martin Jones. Uh, As mentioned in Allison's piece, uh, he fought the good fight. Um, You know, it it was a solid solid game for Philip Grubauer. Dave Haxtell talked about it. Sprung talked about it. Um, Ryan Donato talked about it. Really felt that Grubauer did everything that he could to keep the team in the game. And Ryan Donato said, we have to be better. And I think that is absolutely right. I still though feel like there's a little bit of a chink in the chain, in the, in the flow, in the momentum for the overall team, but also with goaltending. We've been going kind of every other with our, our net minders. And I, for one, I think that messes up Momentum. I think it messes up flow. Now, there have been times where I said I was concerned. Martin Jones put up a a pretty big workload early on when I don't think that was the expectation, but he did it, and he was an integral part of those two long win streaks that we had. But now, on again, off again, Grubauer coming back from injury, Martin Jones, you know, kind of we saw a little bit of the ebbs and flows. I don't know. I think momentum is kind of a big thing. Now, I obviously am not in the locker room. I am not a member of the Seattle Kraken roster. So, of course, I'm not in the locker room. Um, That being said, if I were a player, if I were on that team, I'd want some consistency. That being said, the amazing Ryan S. Clark, not one, but two good reads I'm going to give you on this episode from our former beat writer, Seattle Kraken beat writer, Ryan S. Clark, who now, of course, is with ESPN. Ryan Soto Clark writes, and check the show notes if you're listening. Uh, of course, we're watching, but do so when you're when it's safe to. He has an article entitled, Why NHL Teams Are Turning 
to goalie tandems more and more. And it's a fantastic article. I think it, it talks a lot. It talks about a lot of different things. And this is not uh, specific to the Seattle Kraken. He is a national NHL reporter for ESPN. Talks about how sometimes these things come about unexpectedly. We know that the Seattle Kraken had every intention to do a goalie tandem last year, and it didn't really work out. Um, there's this piece, and this is kind of the concept that, that uh, it, for example, the Bruins are going for. And the Bruins, uh, actually the Boston Pride of the Premier Hockey Federation, their goalies have kind of picked up their, like, big, like, hungry brother kind of situation or whatever it is they do. Um, and so Swayman is uh, talking here and he goes, I love teamwork, having brothers wearing the same jersey and having one of them be your best friend uh, and having one of your best friends be one of your closest teammates as a goalie Swayman says, it's hard to beat that. And then Ryan writes, having two goalies working together as a tandem has become the norm as the days of one player seeing the vast majority of time in net seems to be slipping away. Um, and so, for example, the Hurricanes are a team that he writes about. Two reliable goaltenders um, is extremely important. He talks about, I think, over the last five-plus years, that has been the case. Uh, Antti Ranta uh, said about the rise in tandems. You don't really see any more of the guys playing 60 or 70 games and other guys play, and the other guy plays 10. You have to have two good goalies in this league. I agree with that. Uh, you're playing all the time. You're traveling all the time. There's going to be injuries. I feel like it's a huge thing to have that. Agree. 100% agree with that. And there's something to, in my opinion, having a little bit of consistency. Um, so, again, this article is really talking about why we're seeing the rise of goalies as far as the workload, as far as the travel, as far as the league is just getting um, better. And then it also talks about finding the right mix. What are you looking for in a goalie tandem? Now, we knew that Chris Drieger was going to be out. We didn't know Philip Grubauer was going to go down. So there was, I, I would assume, some thought, of course there was thought, right, that went into Martin Jones coming in how much of that was that the tandem was going to be Jones Grubauer? You know, I I don't really know uh, how much of that was that Jones was going to have to put up the brunt of the workload early on. I can't imagine that that was planned. Obviously, we didn't plan for Grubauer to go down. But how much was it discussed? I don't know. Did Martin Jones have a number in mind? Did Philip Grubauer have a number in mind? I, I mean, I just don't know. What I do feel, though, is that the overall team, and I mentioned this in the first segment, the overall team is a little bit, it's it's a little, like you know, it's like a, it's like a, what am I trying to do here? It's like a wool sweater. It's a little itchy. You know, you don't have, it's not, it's a, it's a beautiful sweater. It's nice. You like it when it fits and when it fits you perfectly. But right now it's just a little itchy. It's an agitation right now. Um, something's not clicking. I, you know, I, I already want to talk about defense. And I think that 
we're, we are, we are going to be a tandem. Am I saying Martin Jones gets every start? No, I do think I would like to see more stretches because we have not seen a lot of Philip Grubauer. I went over the numbers yesterday on yesterday's episode. I don't think he's even at 10 starts. Um, I want to see for his sake, that consistency, I want to see for Martin Jones's sake, a little bit of rest and then vice versa. So the on again, off again, not my vibe tandem. I I'm, I can, I can dig it. I can totally dig it. I want more consistency. So check out this story again. It doesn't necessarily hit on what I think is our situation, but it definitely talks about, um, you know, what, is going into goalie tandems, including being physically in good shape. If you remember, Linda Cohen joined the show and she thought Philip Grubauer wasn't in his best shape coming into last season. But then there's the mental aspect of it. We know that Chris Drieger talked a lot about the mental aspect of his game uh, last season. So, um, you know, this is an interesting article. It also talks about using tandems to maybe help one goalie get eventually to being that number one. I think in this situation, using Martin Jones as a smart tandem could maybe get Philip Grubauer mentally, physically, all of the ease. (laughs) I think that could get him ready to ride out the rest of his contract. So I'd like that also as a part of this piece is that you use that tandem to, to build that strength, to forge that bond and maybe even a little bit of competition. So anyway, go check that out. Um, we just got to see what's happening. I don't know. Again, I, I thought that was such a weird comment. The comment honestly sounded weird. Check out the, the YouTube page where you can listen to what um, Dave Haxtell said. I thought it was an odd comment. I hope everything's okay with Martin Jones and we'll see what happens as Winnipeg is coming to town, but coming up next on locked on Kraken, another good reads this time in the realm and the world of women's hockey, the rivalry series took place. I told you yesterday that the United States was three and zero in the first three games of the rivalry series. Well, that got snapped last night. I think we talked about it yesterday. Troy Ryan, head coach of Canada, he basically was like, we don't want to lose, but also we're keeping the big picture in mind. And I talk about that a little bit more on today's episode of Locked on NHL. So after this, go listen to that. Thank you, as always, for making Locked on Cracking your first listen of the day. If you want to go into a little bit more detail about what's happening in women's hockey, including the Premier Hockey Federation and an increased salary cap. They've increased their salary cap 900% since 2021. I talk about that with Gil and Rachel on Locked On NHL. So after you listen to Locked On Kraken, go listen to that. But I mentioned that the rivalry series, it was in Henderson, Nevada yesterday, and on Monday will be in LA to wrap up the 2022 portion of the rivalry series, which is the United States women's national team, senior team versus Canada senior team. Ryan S. Clark wrote this fantastic article chronicling Hillary Knight, 
who is legendary. She has, you know, beaten every IIHF record. If you were lucky enough to see the record-setting crowd or be a part of the record-setting crowd where the rivalry series was at Climate Pledge Arena, then you know that she was presented with a, a little gift for just what she's been able to do. She's been amazing. She talks in this article with Ryan about how there was no U18 uh, team when she was growing up. So she's been on the senior national team for a really long time. And because of that, a lot of her younger teammates now have pictures with her, including one of her line mates. It's a really fantastic story. And I, you know, again, I tweeted about this um, article and Ryan and I had an exchange and I told him, I have seen people write about Hillary Knight um, and about like grow the game and like legendary status and pioneer and all of that stuff. I've read a lot of that. I've written some of it. This was a really compelling read through the eyes of the people that Hillary Knight has inspired who now are on her team, her teammates. And you know how they say, like, you know, the puck don't lie, the ball don't lie. Th this is kind of like that. Your impact on the game is measured by the people who come behind you. And Hillary Knight has a lot of people who have come behind her and have embraced either performing at the most elite level in women's ice hockey, uh, being a fan of women's ice hockey, or being a journalist in women's ice hockey. Um, I didn't know who Hillary Knight was the first time I met her, but my sister could not wait to take a photo with Hillary Knight. And so I, I took, I'm like, I don't know who this is, click. But I'll never forget that. My sister was so excited to meet Hillary Knight and the rest of um, – the Boston Pride team at the time was very stacked with national team players. I personally was excited to meet Blake Bolden because I was like, I've never seen a black hockey player in my life. Definitely not a black woman. But anyway, um, so Ryan, again, is, is amazing. He does a great job with this story. The title is, quote, it's cool meeting your idols, colon, Hillary Knight's impact on a generation of Team USA players. And Ryan also talks to Hillary about what's next for her. I've talked to Hillary about this before. I think she, and she says this to Ryan, that she's getting closer to, you know, knowing that that is the end uh, or that the end is coming. But there's this little nugget about how she made the decision after the last Olympics to come back to the national team. And, um, I like this quote, uh, Ryan writes, her goal for now is to stay healthy and continue to chase, quote, the 60 minutes of perfection none of us are ever going to truly have, uh, which still serves as a motivation for her. So again, that 60 minutes of perfection none of us are ever going to truly have. I don't know why I loved that, but I loved it so much. And it reminded me of what I want for this Seattle Kraken. I think we played that way early on and, and obviously in the pockets of time uh, where we had our winning streaks. 
playing for that 60 minutes of perfection uh, that none of us are ever going to truly have. But we went after it anyway. Honestly, I think that's how Carolina played. There's a freedom, there's a determination when you think in that manner. And I think we've been we've been a little bit missing the mark as the Seattle Kraken, but I hope we can get back to playing uh, in search of that 60 minutes of perfection none of us are ever going to truly have. And I think the last piece of that is important too, because if you know that you're never going to have something, if it's already written, but you do it anyway, I think that speaks volumes. I think that I like, can you, I'm, I'm just like a little bit of an emotional mess. I'm exhausted. Uh, I'm emotional for reasons. Anyway, um, I really liked this piece. I, I do think our, our boys are tired, just like I'm tired. I think our boys are tired. I'm excited for them to get back to Seattle for a little bit here. And um, it's not, it's, it's a little bit of a residual crack and crap. I'm not going to lie, but I'm not mad about it. I like the fight. I like that we had our, you know, our bottom six, so to speak, really show up and give us some of that. 60 minutes of perfection that we all know that we're never going to achieve. So I'm curious to, to learn how we're going to handle the goaltending situation. I hope that we don't learn that there's anything amok, amok, amok with uh, Martin Jones. And um, I would like to see, whether it's Grubauer or Martin Jones, I would like to see our goaltenders have a little bit more of a stretch of time as opposed to going every other game. Unless they're going matchup for matchup. If that's the case, I think that makes sense. I just feel like it's a little bit arbitrary. I don't know. It seems a little random right now. I want a, a little bit more structure. And maybe that's not going all the way with one goalie. If it, we did, it would be Martin Jones for me. Um, but having a little more structure within that tandem. Those are my thoughts. Happy Friday. Oh, it's been such a long week. I am going to be on the call. There is an outdoor classic, the Buffalo Believes Classic on ESPN Plus, 7 p.m. Eastern time. So that is 4 p.m. Pacific time. I will be on the call for that. It's going to be really exciting. The Buffalo Buttes are hosting the Toronto Six. And uh, then I have two games on um, Saturday, also on ESPN Plus, and then one game on Sunday on ESPN Plus. I'm super excited. I'm going to go take a nap now so that I can get ready for those games. Be kind to yourself and to each other. Make sure that you are planning ahead, um, as we said in our message earlier. And enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your weekend. We'll come back with some Seattle crack and hockey, and we'll talk about some other news on Friday. Hold fast. Stay true. I'll see you on Monday.
Hello?